Welcome to Liquid Courage, the podcast where I, Amanda Pereira, sit down with a fellow artist that I admire and ask them the questions I've never had the guts to ask them before. Sounds scary? Yeah, it really is. So I use a little liquid courage in the form of my guest's favorite drink. We cheers, chat, and connect as I attempt to soak up all the wisdom they have to offer. Today I sit down with Aiden Abebe and we sip on some Chianti red wine. Aiden is a multidisciplinary storyteller and artist. She is committed to telling stories that empower, inspire empathy, and meet at the intersection of art and social justice. She is the creator, writer, and producer behind the new digital series, Virgins, now available to watch on CBC Gem. Virgins is a dramatic comedy set in Toronto that follows the lives of four 20-something-year-old women straddling two cultural spheres navigating adulthood, work, family, love, and relationships as virgins, all the while feeling too modest for the big city of Toronto and too provocative for the East African homes they come from. Aiden and I do a pretty good job of not giving away any spoilers of the show while we chat, but I definitely suggest checking out the series beforehand so you really get the most out of our conversation together. Aiden is also the founder of Art Plus Health, a community-based not-for-profit focused on bridging the gap of mental health education, support, and resources to the Ethiopian and Eritrean community in Toronto. So Aiden is an artist, a writer, a showrunner, a producer, the creator of CBC's Virgins, and someone I admire immensely. Hi, Aiden. <laughs> Hi Amanda. It's such a weird way to start. I do it every time and then I always think, why am I doing this? We were just getting all set up. Why am I now saying hi? It's like a weird nervous, I don't know what it is now. Yeah. Well, to to calm the nerves, let's just do a little cheers with our wine right off the top. Let's okay. just do it. Cheers, Amy. Me too. It's so nice. Oh my goodness. Mm. And we kind of match a little bit. The the lip. The lip and the button down, like different colors, but True. like very cute. Yes. Oh my goodness. I love it. I love it too. Okay. So Aiden, we have never met before this evening. <laughs> I'm such a fan. I'm Correct. such a fan of your show, like of your work. I'm I'm truly inspired and also like in awe. And I'm gonna get into it because I upon researching you, I'm like. I'm sorry, what? There were so many things I want to ask you about. Okay, so first of all, the show Virgins. Oh, first of all, congratulations. It's so good. Congratulations. <laughs> like what a feat yeah. to get this this show, like get any show made and then to get a good show made. It's like a whole other accomplishment. Okay, so what like compelled you to make this series? What compelled me to make this series is mm. I had this idea and... I feel like as an artist, you know, what is just like a fleeting, like what's a good idea and what's like what you're meant to do. Like you're meant to make this come hell or high water. Like <laughs> you have to make this. Yeah. And so <laughs> when the idea for the show came, it ended up feeling like that. It, it, it kind of started unassumingly. I didn't realize it was going to be, it was going to become what I had, I had become. I didn't have the vision for it though. <laughs> for it to be here but um I, I'm pretty um determined and I'm pretty uh single-minded when I want to do something I believe in doing it to the end and doing your absolute best and I definitely did my best <laughs> with this project <laughs> uh, especially based on like where I am in my career and with 
like what I know and I'm yeah, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm also really excited. So yeah, yeah you should be so excited. Well, and I know that this series started out as a web series. And then when you went into it, and please correct me if I'm wrong, because this is some of my research, maybe some people were incorrect with this. But when you went into the web series, you were coming in without experience in film and in writing. Is that, is that right? Oh my God, Aiden. Okay. Yeah, okay. Absolutely mind blown. Okay. So, so many questions. Okay. So what surprised you about like the process of writing a show and filmmaking in general, when you like got into it, what was a surprise to you? Um, that's a great question. Thanks. Aiden. If you- <laughs> You're like already making me feel so good. Like before we started recording, just like, Oh, hi, let's be friends. Okay. Sorry. What surprised you about it? What surprised me? I mean, every step, everything was brand new to me. So the whole, everything was a surprise. Um, mm-hmm. For example, when I had the concept, my medium for art at the time was photography and it was mm-hmm. only photography. So I assumed that this was going to be like a photo series. And then the more I was thinking it through, I was like, okay, no, this is bigger than just photos. This is like moving. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if it's moving, that means it's a video. Oh my God, I've never done video. How am I going to make a video? And then I come to terms with like, okay, I guess I'll learn how to make like a, a some kind of moving picture video installation. And then once I, I, I got okay with that idea, I realized, no, there is dialogue. This moving picture requires dialogue. Mm-hmm. This is like a movie or um, like a movie and I was like oh crap (laughs) oh crap (laughs) (laughs) yeah because like as scary as you know making a video like a moving picture can be at least because I had the background in photography I had uh, a lot of the language you know Mm. um to kind of be able to it it just seemed like a, a proper um, evolution, like a next step, you know, mm-hmm. but writing is it's, it's a whole different medium. Mm. And one that I was always really insecure about and always dreamed of like wanting to be a really good writer. Mm. And so it was something I just kind of already had a chip on my shoulder before I even entered in. And um, yeah, it took a long time for me to like, uh, get really confident in writing and screenwriting in particular. But yeah, once I got over that, then there were a bunch of other surprises like, oh, yeah, this yeah. costs money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, I thought we were just going to film it on like a like a DSLR, like Canon 7D camera. Yeah. I was like, ooh, 7D, this is a big deal. <laughs> I know <laughs> we'll when you get said 7D, 70s. I was like, wow, that number's high. <laughs> I, only, I think I've only right? ever used like a 5D, a 7D. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A 5D is an exceptional camera. This is a really great camera. Um, <laughs> but I was like, oh my God, this is fancy. We're going to be using these cameras. And then when I like, you know, was getting my crew together, they're like, um, we're getting professional grade film photography, like film camera. Like, yeah. Okay. Um, like- so that I had to learn how to get that and how to, you know, all the, the jobs of producing that I didn't mm-hmm. know I was doing. Um, so yeah, it's hard to distinguish like one thing because it has been nonstop surprises and a constant learning curve. Everything yeah. has been a learning curve. Yeah. yeah. And yet also like, and I, I I really feel like so many artists find themselves in this position as well, where you're creating something and you might feel like, 
okay, everything is a surprise and I'm learning all of these new things. And like, okay, I thought it was going to be a Canon Savage. You know what I mean? Like, but then also you're the showrunner, you're in charge. So what was that like feeling like, oh my God, this is the first time. And maybe I don't know the things I should know, but also I'm in charge here. How did you approach that? I loved it. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't like being in charge, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that answer. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I I mean, it was my creative baby and mm -hmm. I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. I didn't think that anybody else would really understand the lens with which I'm, I'm seeing this world and mm. my imagination on how to tell the story. I've, mm. I've never seen it done before. And so I was really confident that this had to be run by me and mm -hmm. was very grateful that our friends at CBC believed in me and supported me to, to be able to do that. Uh, you know what, I think, I think what I had, an advantage I had was not realizing what a big deal each thing I was doing was. Mm. So yeah, like I just, I came from a background where like, you just do it yourself. You just learn, you figure it out as you go. And it was very scrappy. I was always very resourceful. And so I, I took the same approach to this. And it wasn't until I met people down the road that they're like, wow, like you just started. And, you know, a lot of these other people have gone to school and then like have PA'd and like gone up the ranks and you're like in the same room, room as them. And I was like, oh, I didn't look at it that way. You know, I just was like, oh, I had this idea I was going to make it. I didn't realize to the degree, like how big of a deal each opportunity appeared to like other people. I w I'm so grateful and I'm so excited for the opportunity to, to make my story and make my art. But that was to the extent of like the gravitas it held for me. Mm -hmm. it, I didn't look at it from the lens of like, you know how many people like pitch and dream and hope, you know, that they could make their show. Like I didn't look at it from that lens. And mm -hmm. I think had I, I would have been a lot more nervous and scared and um, felt a lot more pressure, mm. but I didn't mm -hmm. that way. <laughs> yeah. I think it's such a nice reminder also when you were saying like, okay, well maybe this is Maybe this is an art installation. Okay, maybe this is a moving picture. Maybe this, like you were coming from a place that you knew this needed to be a series and it it, it was a natural progression rather than I want to make a series. Here's an idea. You let the idea naturally be what it needed to be. And I bet you there's a lot of just like inner deep confidence that comes with that because there's not a questioning, should this be a, a series or not? It's like, no, that's what the story needs to be right now. Yeah. I'm inspired by that. Cause I think often I'll think I want to make a blank. The story comes sec. Then I figure out the story, but I think letting the story lead, it's like on project runway where they say like, let the material be what it wants to be, you know, rather than I want to make yes. it to rest, I'll find the material. I think that's such an amazing reminder for artists to let things naturally progress that way. Absolutely. Because I, I believe that as artists, we are inherently multidisciplinary mm. and it, it took a while for me to make that distinction to stop calling myself or referring to myself as a photographer and just to refer to myself as an artist. Mm. And it was, it was deviating into this new sphere, into this new art form that made me realize, you know, it doesn't matter what the medium is. I'm not a medium based artist. I'm an artist. Mm. I have a story to tell and the story will find it the right, the, the right vessel. 
mm. you know, and the right medium. And it's just my job to honor that and do the best I can um, to, to just honor that seed. That's how I approach it. Mm-hmm. Aiden, I'm just absorbing so much. <laughs> well, just, I find often too, like, you know, I find often when I'm like, oh, I'm a multi hyphened artist. Like I'm an actor and writer and producer. Sometimes it feels like it dilutes each one of them or almost feels like whatever that saying is where you're like mediocre at all of them, but you're not amazing at any (laughs) one of them, whatever that is. Yeah. (laughs) But to remember like, no, you're an artist. It encompasses all of them. Like doing more than one doesn't make each one of them less valuable. Again, a reminder. Oh my God. So many reminders. Aiden, so helpful. I already <laughs> love this. I, I'm curious, like how much the leads, um, the four lead characters, how much did they evolve from the web series to the series that we see now on CBC? Did they change for you in the, in the, in the growing of the series? Yeah, that's a great question. They, they stay pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. I really, I, I was really clear on the archetypes of each girl. And I just wanted to like see it through. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, they stayed the same. We have different performers. I mean, we were so lucky to have the performers that and the actors that were available for us in our web series days. And Mm -hmm. now when we're on CBC, I mean, so many people have moved on to other things. And so this was an opportunity for new performers to get their feet wet and I'm just really excited and really proud that the show, because of its very cultural specificity, mm-hmm. has created opportunities for a lot of actors who wouldn't usually get cast or mm-hmm. get the opportunity to see themselves accurately described or act mm-hmm. their identities specifically sought after. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, hypermelanated. well and who also like are all talented enough to get the roles but aren't getting the roles like they're all so fabulous and I have to say so I obviously binged the series and the CBC series and then in research was like oh I want to go back and watch some of the web series too like whatever's available and even as a as an audience member I was like wait that's Abby wait I know Abby I know a different Ab not not (laughs) just the actor I just mean like the actor so I wonder it made me wonder for you, like in the casting process, when you were going into adapting this into like a longer series, was it hard to cast those roles? Did you have the actors from the web series in your mind and you kind of had to like get that portrayal out? Like it was hard for me. I felt so in love with the four <laughs> leads in the series yeah. that I, so did you find that hard in the casting process? I, I didn't, I don't, That's I great. didn't because I <laughs> yeah. already had an imagination of them before I casted mm-hmm. the first four. And so they were, it was more of the essence, like who could really capture and uh, radiate the essence of the character was Mm. what I was seeking. And if by any chance there is a resemblance between all the characters, well then lucky us. But that wasn't, that wasn't the intention. Mm -hmm. If any, I think this time around, we were really fortunate because one thing, one thing with uh, Abby, (laughs) yeah, you know, of all the characters, the most like me. Um, and, (laughs) and I wanted to have a main character who was like fuller bodied because I'm, you know, a fuller bodied curvy woman. And, you know, both times around, uh, it just so happened that the actors that we got were really gorgeous, more lean, uh, (laughs) body types. And, um, 
you know, the best performer wins. So we're not yeah. casting based on your body. Mm-hmm. But an added bonus this time around was that we, our cast has a lot more body diversity. Mm. And that's important for me to showcase, to showcase mm-hmm. beauty in all of its forms and also showcase that the curvy girl can also be a, a lead, can also be mm. a main character mm-hmm. and not just like the friend of, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The lead, the romantic lead, have romantic storylines. Like all of the characters should be able to play with all the crayons. A hundred percent. Yeah. What was the casting process in general like for you? Like I, I love the casting process, whether I'm like behind the table or auditioning, like I just find it so fascinating. And I'm just wondering going into this with a project that's so personal to you and things, some things being new to you, like what was the casting process like? Yeah, it was a fun challenge. Mm. Um, <laughs> I found two of our very like main actors on Instagram. The first one is uh, Nasra, who plays Amina. Yeah, I found them on in- Instagram like in circa twenty seventeen, and I was like, "This is Amina come to life." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the real wow. Amina, like just living their life, and this is actually Amina in real life. And I DM them and I ask them if they happen to be an actor. They're like, actually, I am. I studied <gasps> it in university and uh, I'm, I'm an artist. I do this. I do this. I do this. And they're they're huge in Edmonton. So they live in Edmonton. They started this arts festival. They were the poet laureate over there. Like they're a big deal. And I say they because their pronouns are they, them. Mm. They're non-binary, Nasra. So anyways, from 2017, I've had my eye on them in particular <laughs> <Yeah>. to play... <laughs> Amina and wow. um, yeah, we tried to make it work the first time around, and mm-hmm. you know we had zero dollars in our bank account to make yeah. it, and to for out of we, province, yeah, yeah. So it was like if only we could buy them a ticket, but <laughs> yeah. uh, this time around, uh, thanks to CBC, <laughs> thank you CBC, we were, able, <laughs> we were able to make that happen and, and give the the role to the best suited actor. Oh. They nailed Amina. Like, I can't. Well, again, I mean, I don't know. I fell in love a little bit, so I can't imagine anybody else's Mina. Also, <laughs> the person, the actor who did Amina in the web series is wonderful, too. It's it's yeah. unfair because I've watched the whole series of these characters. So the, yeah. the other actors are fabulous as well, of course. <laughs> um, and how did you go about choosing your four directors? A great question. You know, I really wanted to have a woman-led set. Mm-hmm. And I wanted as much as possible to have East African women involved in the creation of the show. And so uh, with Lou Asfaha, she is of Eritrean descent mm. um, and a fantastic director. She actually edited those the, those first web series, a few of them. Ah. Yeah. So she's been with us for a while. Our relationship started back in 2018 working together. And she was a story editor um, for a couple episodes as well. Yeah. So all in all, I've been able to see her work over time and we mm-hmm. developed a friendship and it just made so much sense mm-hmm. uh, to invite her to direct. And she was ecstatic, which Aww. was great. <laughs> uh, and then Jackie, she's a she's of Rwandan descent, also, also East African, um, not one of the countries represented in the show just yet, mm-hmm. but we will expand the world. Yep, just yet. One. Yeah, just yet. Yeah. Hold on, we'll get more seasons. Yeah. <laughs> And um, and I met her through this amazing program called Black Women Film, mm. led by Ella Cooper. Mm. And we were in the same cohort together. I knew she was a director. I knew that she was also a writer. And I knew she had kind of this like funny sensibility, like this this interesting sense of comedy. And 
a friend of mine recommended her a mutual friend of ours and I was like okay well I know her and she, I'm getting this recommendation from her and let me check mm. out her stuff a bit more and thank god because I mean <laughs> her episodes are just I mean all the directors episodes are gorgeous mm -hmm. they're I mean they each have something different that I love so much yeah. about them yeah so she was excellent and then our other two directors we have Ree Morsi of Egyptian descent who also used to work in Sudan which was an, a nice added touch mm, yeah uh, and then we also have Sam McAdams and Sam is actually a comedy editor so she's the only editor mm. who actually specializes in directing and also cutting comedy mm. I was like oh my god I like this Bring is a dream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was like, if only we could have someone with that <laughs> level of expertise yeah. starting off. Yeah. I mean, our show will be, it'll, it'll just going to skyrocket. It's going to yeah. be, it's going to hit. Yeah. So absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, especially getting her in on like one of the episodes she directed, like directing the pilot episode, I think is so smart then of it being like, okay, comedy hit it. Cause, cause that's going to be infused. Also, even yes. just maybe, I don't know if this was on purpose or subconscious or something, but doing like her directing like the first episode and then third and then nine, like you're kind of peppering, like, look, we're going to bring the comedy each. Like we're going to emphasize the comedy. Yeah. Although not to say the other directors didn't bring out comedy too. Cause it was, it was definitely in all the episodes for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'll say you're absolutely right about that. And Sam mm -hmm. is so, so talented. She's such a trooper. Like we gave her the episodes that she directed had the most amount of pages mm -hmm. um, and not any additional time. Yeah. And she <laughs> like, Sam, you can do this. <laughs> We're with she you. really yeah. knocked it out of the park. Uh, like, yeah, if any producer listening, you'll understand how mm. precious and special that is. And mm -hmm. yeah, she always had an amazing attitude. She was just such a gem, like so great to be around. And then with Reem, I should add, so mm. Reem's background, the films that I, I was able to review were super moody and super mm. dramatic. And I was like, you know, as much as this is a comedy, there's a lot of dramatic elements in this show. Mm -hmm. So it just made perfect sense to have her direct like the more heavy episodes the heavier mm. moments like when Sarah is introducing Ash to the father mm. Ooh, I just got like chills. the weight of that yeah. like oh, and she knows so it, she's, yeah and yeah. she's also a Muslim woman so she mm. understands the weight of what that means to introduce mm. the man you're seeing to your family she just brought so much knowledge cultural knowledge mm. and reverence to the, to it and she also directed episode 10 which is mwah, mwah. i just yeah. love episode 10 yeah. <laughs> our finale oh. is so good it's so good it's so good it's amazing to me too that to have like four directors and that most of them aren't directing consecutive episodes like except for lou everybody else doesn't have consecutive episodes but the fact that overall the show is so consistent in its tone and in its like DNA I and I have to just believe because you also have different writers of different episodes like I have to just believe that that's kudos to you as a showrunner of really keeping like the DNA and the vision of this show consistent throughout all the episodes I think that's an incredible accomplishment thank you thank you we appreciate that it's definitely a team effort we made sure to have like a unified kind of like storyboard before mm. we engaged everybody. And mm -hmm. there, there were several meetings to make sure that we we're all on the same page of, you know, what needs to stay consistent and where mm -hmm. can you kind of have fun. Mm -hmm. And 
the directors definitely like put their own different twists on certain things but uh-huh. of course like you said there were a lot of things that were consistent that made it feel cohesive yeah and um I mean we created the structure but they they implemented it and mm. so yeah kudos to them they're kudos. we had a great team yeah oh you yeah I mean it it looks like it it sounds like it um <laughs> now the show coming out and the reaction to the show like we've been discussing so much of the show explores cultural and like familial expectations and now that the series is out and available to watch what was your family's reaction to the show or have they seen it or were you nervous for certain people in your real life to watch it so my family's reaction was like pretty ecstatic um my mom (laughs) my mom couldn't believe it was real this is just so outside of the realm of of possibility of what she could ever imagine would be possible to have a show like and have CBC's logo on it and it's just like this is all too much and Uh, so she it was really touching to see her eyes twinkle mm -hmm. at like wow this is possible you did it like you did something that's impossible so that was really really special the reception I've gotten has been a lot of like joy and a lot of celebration and thank you for portraying such intelligent women mm-hmm. for living really interesting lives and like full human beings. And this is just so excellent. And I'm like, oh, phew, thank God. Cause it was made with so much love and care and thoughtfulness. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just glad it was felt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm so, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad that that's been the reception for you. And like, it's, you know, it's interesting that I'm realizing what my thought right now might be too meta. So, so tell me, be like, man, this is too, I don't know. This is no, but okay. So in the show, I might, this might be clunky, Aiden. I'm going to try and figure out okay. how to say Okay. So in the show, you bring up like through the show, you bring up this, um, this like inner conflict of wanting to have the space to figure out who you are as an adult and met with this obstacle of always feeling like you're being watched constantly by whether it's like family members or members of the community. There's even like a gif of like made from the show of like, like the auntie. Yes. The auntie, like taking pictures outside. Yes. So, so trying to figure out who you are, not having the space to do that because you always feel like you're being watched. And I think like as artists, there's many through our art, we can work those things out. Like through writing, you can work out those things and trying to make sense of those personal conflicts within ourselves. And so I guess what's, what's ironic to me is that you're, you're exploring and working out all of these things through this show where ultimately the goal is that everybody will see it. Yeah. So I'm wondering like, what, what was the experience like creating this show exploring all of these things that you're already trying to do in your real life, but you just feel a bit like claustrophobic, like everyone's watching all the while knowing that all these storylines, all these characters, they're all going to be seen by the people in your life and community and friends, family, all those people. And maybe everyone's wondering which of these are traced back to Aiden's life. Cause Aiden's the creator. Like what were you ever like, we can't put that in there. People will assume that's me. No, we need to put that in there. <laughs> Never mind. My dad's going to, my mom's going to see this, whatever. Like, what was that experience? Like, I'm sorry if that was the longest question. I wasn't quite, it feels a little meta, but like, what was that like? Okay. There's so much. I know. <laughs> I, I know. I know. It's, I'm so sorry. That was like, God, was that a fucking monologue over here? Like, how do I? How do I say no, I this loved thought? it. <laughs> okay, There's just, thanks. I'm like, where, I'm like, where should I start? Yeah. Um, 
so fortunately for me, mm. the only way I was able to write the show was to be like out of, to, to feel like I've so far left this, that state in my mm. life, that place in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't feel like I'm being watched an, anymore. I don't mm. feel that. I think a long time, like our community kind of like wrote me off as like the wild <laughs> child. Right, not, right, not right. because I was like wild in the typical ways, but more like, oh, she's the feminist. Oh, she's right. just like she's rah, rah, black rights, you know, like yeah. she's just everything is like a big deal. Um, and so <laughs> I think <laughs> I, I think in that way, I've uh, kind of been able to skirt um, mm. a lot of attention, <laughs> yeah, yeah. at least in my imagination. That's how I perceive yeah. things. <laughs> But the reason why I like I, I wrote this world and, and I wrote this story was because when I was going through it, I felt so alone. Mm. I felt like I was the only one who was imperfect. Mm. And our community is such, does such a good job of putting on this front of like, oh, we don't do this and we don't do that. Other people might behave that way. Other people might go through these types of things. But, mm. you know, that's scandalous for us. Mm. And we would never, you'd never see us. You'd never catch us here. And so when I was going through regular, like growing up situations, uh, finding your, just like coming of age moments in your life and it didn't work out, I just didn't know who to turn to, who to talk mm -hmm. to. I, I looked at my friend on my left, on my right, and they just had this like perfect persona. And I felt like, okay, well, maybe there's something wrong with me. And then I, it, it's just like makes you feel inferior. It's, mm -hmm. It was just, you know, it was a fun place. Mm. And, and then as I got older, I realized they're all liars. <laughs> you lied. You know, <laughs> I was crying and you could have helped me. Yeah. And I was mad. <laughs> and I was like, I need, I need, the, I need the show so that the next girl knows mm. that she's not alone and she mm. has a, some visual aid and some some at least characters who could be her friend in her head mm. to turn to so that was my story yes. <laughs> so important like it's again like such a good reminder like everyone is god we're just all feeding into each other's like everyone is tr is trying to seem like they're everything's okay and they have it together only cuz they think the next person beside them but the next person beside them is just doing it because the other person's doing it and everyone's just, we can just all say we're a mess sometimes or falling apart. Sometimes we're also very capable and very talented and we're also a mess. Like we yeah. can be all, all the things that's, I love that about your characters that they are all, all the things. Like, I, I think, I think that it's easy when you watch a show where there is an ensemble, like lead to leads to start thinking like, okay, is she the, she's the smart one. Therefore there's going to be a dumb one, like kind of just reducing them down to 2d caricatures. And what I loved about your four leads is that they are very clearly different from one another. Absolutely. They, you also really believe that they're friends because that's sometimes you make the characters really different. And then I'm like, they're only friends because the show needs them to be friends. They were clearly friends. They clearly have things in common that go past culture that go past family, like that are just to the core of the essence of who they are. And they're also all like very nuanced and there's all like, so like a million different little things about them. I loved that. And I think in your goal of like, I want somebody who was like you growing up 
to be looking at feeling alone, to be looking at this, not feeling alone. I think it, you really just like, I don't know. I feel like you nailed it because it's hard when you feel alone to look on a TV screen and find a 2d character and be like, Oh, that's me. You can't do that. You don't feel like a 2d character. So being able to see real human beings being represented here who are all really different, who also have this like similarity and this love for each other. Oh, was so great. I still found myself wanting to be like, Oh my God, maybe I'm the Abby. Like I still found myself wanting to be like, who, who, in a very, like, I don't know, cosmopolitan magazine quiz way that I wanted to do it. You know, I love that. I used to fill out those quizzes too. I was like, (laughs) what did you love about the quizzes? Do you think like, why, why were you loving the quizzes to fill out? I mean, it was just to like reaffirm my own um, delusion that I am the main (laughs) character of every situation. Oh my God. You're like, I am the Abby. Okay, great. Just wanted to make sure I already knew it. I created the show, but I am going to do the Buzzfeed or the Cosmopolitan (laughs) quiz of who am I on virgins. Okay, great, great, great. Just want to make sure. Hopefully yeah. like I have the comedic timing of Amina. Yeah. You know, oh, see, that's what, that, that's what you want. You're like, I want the, this of Sarah. I want the, this of Delina. Like you just want to, yeah. You want to, what is it called? Cherry pick. I don't know. I don't know why I can't yeah. think of any sayings today. Okay. Cherry pick. No, you're you absolutely cherry pick right. The things. Yeah. Of all the things. Now yeah. I was reading up on why you chose the name virgins exclamation mark. And I don't want to put words in your mouth. So you are totally welcome to share. I'm follow-up question is that I am curious why a lowercase V and not a capital V? Absolutely. So I put them in lowercase because, well, first of all, the show is named Virgins because mm-hmm. I wanted people to have to say the word and not whisper it. The exclamation point is made to be said like with, with power, like put some respect on the name of our show yes. type of level of power. I mean, the word virgins is like almost like equivalent to like a tampon, you know, when mm-hmm. you're passing a tampon to, to somebody, you're like hiding it. It's like something shameful yeah. and in public. When people are saying the word, they whisper it. They're like, it's just the word. It's a state of being that we all experience for a large part of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. So that's why I named it virgins. I wanted to confront people's like discomfort with the state mm-hmm. um, of being. I love that. When I found out you said, it, cause you're like, <laughs> I want people to have to say it. And there's going to be an exclamation mark. I was like, oh, yeah, I need to meet. I need to meet Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And then it's in lowercase because they all feel really young. Like they might be mm. in their mid twenties, but in, in this area of their life, they feel like babies. They feel like, mm. you know, adolescents like 15 year olds and that's how I felt when you know I was in this stage of of the story I felt like wow I'm a whole 25 but on Mm. the inside you know a guy touches my hand and I'm like giddy on the inside like a 15 year old (laughs) like I have so much to catch up on Um, (laughs) (laughs) I love that yeah so it's the the goal is that you know as they develop internally then maybe the the letters will grow with them. Oh my God. <gasps> maybe there's like a 10 year, maybe like eventually there's like a 10 year in the future, like not reboot, like a continuation when they're older. And then it's a capital V virgin still with the exclamation mark. Well, what like if they're not virgins up. anymore? That's true. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. 
then maybe, maybe then they don't need, maybe it's just a capital V with an exclamation mark and the V is standing for something else. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Well, one thing I loved is Mm. Jane the Virgin because she doesn't stay a virgin. And so they dealt with this really in a fun way. And Mm -hmm. each episode would have the word virgin in it, Mm. uh, the name of the episode. And so they would literally just like be writing it in. So this is an example, not necessarily of, of, on their show, but something that we could do would be like, like a virgin, mm. you know, or I don't know, virgin olive oil <laughs> or something. Maybe this is the show's about yeah. olive oil or something. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Virgin coconut oil or yeah. like, I don't, you know, cause there's lots to play with about coconut oil. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the sky's the just, limit, like see, yeah. not just people, so many things exactly. have to do with it. Yeah. Exactly. I, I loved how like similarly with your show, I loved how both of like your show and Jane, the Virgin dealt with virginity. Like I thought it was so smart. I thought, cause obviously both shows Virgin is in the title and it is like an important theme or concept or idea that you want to talk about. And then also the whole point of it is like, okay, but these people aren't, they can't just be reduced down to being, they are virgins. Like, so it's at the forefront while also needing to be shown that it can just be in the background. It's important, but it's not everything. And I think that balance of like when it needs to be in the forefront and then when it needs to be in the background and we show the whole people, I thought I'm such a big fan of Jane, the Virgin as well. And I thought both shows like did that so well. And that's hard to do. It's hard when you're like, I'm not, you know, for the characters, like I'm not just a virgin, but then do you make the whole show only about them being virgins? It's like, can yeah. end up being backwards. So it's a hard, hard balance to find. I love Absolutely. this. I've never said virgin so many times in like 10 minutes. I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> and you said it with an exclamation point. You said it with confidence. Absolutely. And that's what I love to hear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's rubbing off on me. I guess like in, in making this show and then also in promoting the show, like I imagine you've had to discuss the topic or idea of virginity a lot or like unpack mm-hmm. it for the show. Yeah. What have you learned about the idea of virginity or the topic of virginity in like having to discuss it so much? Or is there anything that you're surprised about? Yeah, I'll say what I'm surprised about is how much people get the, sh- the show, like they mm. get the story of the show. It wasn't something I expected. I, mm. I was I expected to have to explain myself um, mm. over and over and over again. But, you know, there was a study in 2017 that showed mm. That millennials are the most sexless generation in 60 years. Wow. On average, having sex for the first time in the U.S. was 25 and in the Mm -hmm. U.K. 26. And yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, (laughs) you can see my mouth is agape because (laughs) when I think of, I'm just thinking like growing up, most of the information that I'm getting about virginity or I hate the term losing your virginity. I don't know what the hell that means, but do that all everything is from me watching TV, reality TV, yeah. scripted TV movies. And if I based it on that and you asked me like what is the average age, I would not say that. Yeah. So again, lying. We're being lied to. <laughs> like that is yeah. wild. I think it's I think it's tricky cuz you know, maybe previous generations did have sex earlier maybe they mm-hmm. were having sex in high school but for some reason this age group millennials and the, the you know the age group of the generation millennials is, is quite wide so mm-hmm. i don't i don't know the details of of 
within the age group what what they uh what had like the highest wait time was right wait time yeah (laughs) I love that wait time that's great yeah but yeah I think it's just a really interesting phenomenon and I I knew culturally that 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 was like a norm Mm. you know it was uh you know when you come from like a religiously conservative background Mm -hmm. be it like a christian conservative or muslim conservative it's just like a norm like you're having sex married like that's like are you crazy yeah who who has sex before marriage yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) i love these uh what is it dichotomies i guess that like it just again it's like something infused in your show that i think is so amazing where like these characters and this this is not this is in the synopsis of the show and things too like this is not my uh, purely my observation or whatever but um I didn't create this but like that (laughs) these characters feel too provocative for one side of their life and then like not provoke or like too modest for another part of their life and again like what you're saying that you know, you might have some groups of people who are like, you're waiting till you're married. That's weird. And then you have other groups of people who are like, you're not waiting till you're married. That's weird. Like you have, yeah. and, and it's, it's surprising to me that nobody's talking about it. Why are yeah. more people talking about it? It was a very, it was, yeah, very awkward, <laughs> interesting <laughs> way to kind of like straddling this fear, straddling that fear. Like, you're just like, who are you depending on the space that you're in yeah. at the time? And are you like rated in this room and you're like not rated in the next room? So like you might be hiding it, you know, hiding this fact when you're with these other friends or anyways, it's all ridiculous. No (laughs) one's privy to your life anyways. You don't have to tell anybody anything. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I'm like, ooh, study, go deeper, find out why. And it's not a, I also don't think it's necessarily like a negative. I feel like hearing that is, is right away negative that it's like, they're the most sexless generation, but I'm also thinking, well, maybe there's more people feeling empowered to make their own choices. And maybe that's what they're choosing. Like, maybe it's also people are getting married later. So people who are waiting till marriage are, so I would love to know why from a neutral stance of why. Yeah. I mean, I find it fascinating as well. You know, it's so expensive to live right now. It's Mm. expensive to like, just be able to provide for yourself as an individual in this world. The young people do not have the same, like being young, a young 27 year old, mm. it is harder to date because you have less economic freedoms and less mm. financial freedom than the parent, our parents did when they were 27 years old mm. um, and were able to buy a house and move in with their partner. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's like a lot of, um, you know, hypotheses on yeah. why uh, we're in this place. Mm-hmm. And culturally speaking, I just wanted to show for Black women who had agency, who happened to be virgins. Mm-hmm. And just in the same way, so many other shows where sex happens in their shows and their, or their characters are sexually active, the whole show is not necessarily talking about sex all the time, all the time. Mm-hmm. It's the same way. Like, why can't we just have a show that happens to have for non-sexually active leads Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't have to be what the show is entirely about Mm -hmm. that was my revolutionary idea Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I love it and you accomplished it it could be a part of them it doesn't have to be all of nothing is all of all of a person like come on absolutely okay well speaking of those characters I have just a couple like 
random questions for you. Kind of like, I call them rapid fire. I need to change the name. Why am I calling them rapid fire? You don't have to answer them quickly. Okay. So the first one is I'm going to give you four scenarios and I would love for you to pick which of your four leads you would choose for this scenario. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Like choose your fighter. Yes, exactly. A thousand percent. It's choose your fighter. Yes. (laughs) And I have four of them. And like, it's up to you whether you decide you don't want to duplicate or maybe it's going to be Abby for every single one. You can totally <laughs> choose. <laughs> it's totally up to you. Okay. Okay. So who of these four characters are you going to go skydiving with? Amina. Yeah. hundred percent. Me too. Okay, great. Yeah. I, I thought of that one and then I'm like, oh, it's not too easy. I feel like Amina. Okay, great. Who are you going to go to, to ask for life advice from? Sarah. Oh, yeah. She has big girl problems. Oh yeah. So she She should have big girl answers. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who are you trusting to set you up on a on a blind date? Ooh. (laughs) I was gonna say Sarah, but based on her last like who she's dating. (laughs) Um (laughs) maybe Delina. Mm -hmm. Maybe. It'll probably be God fearing and can't go wrong with that. Yeah. A good filter, like a good, I feel like yeah. Delina has a good, um, like bullshit meter and also like a filtration system for you in choosing. You know, the thing about Delina is she's mm. so like unimpressed mm. with the, the whole notion of like dating, like she's so uninterested. Mm. So to get through that wall yeah. and for her to be even in the slightest impressed, yeah. they, they're probably worth a look. Totally. It could be very Darwinian. Like only the strong are going to survive Delina. (laughs) So it's like, you're going to get like cream of the crop coming through. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I love that. Okay. My last one for you. And again, it doesn't have to be Abby, but maybe it ends up being that way. I don't know. Who are you going to ask to help you hide a dead body? Abby is too lazy. She's too cute to be lifting heavy things. So it will not be Abby. (laughs) She'll be on the phone with you, but she's not going to actually come with you. Yeah. I think Amina, Amina's down, like she's down for the cause. Yeah. There's nothing she won't do for her friends. Yeah. I feel like, like also Amina would be great in being like, Hey, I don't agree that you have this dead body, but I'll support you. I'm not going to shame you for it, but I'm going to make it very clear. This isn't cool. And like, that's my favorite kind of friend is like, yeah, support me, but also tell me when I'm in the wrong. And I feel like Amina's really great with that. I mean, episode two, we already see her ability to keep secrets. Totally. And yeah. very early on, she's like, hi, red flags, red flags. Like she's, she's often yeah. the first one to be like, she's, not that she has red flags, but she's usually the first one to be like, hi, I see a red flag. We need to call this out red flag, which I love. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I want Amina to babysit me. I want, if I need someone to, to help me get home, I want Amina <laughs> to take me home hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Trust all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Um, your show explores like also feeling like a virgin in any area of your life. Like whether you feel like a virgin at work or friends, like, what am I doing? I'm feel inexperienced here, or this is new territory. So what's something that you wish you knew more about? It can be as small as like how to scramble eggs and it can be as big as like how to solve world peace. I don't know what the big, (laughs) tried to go big. I'm going to give a really real answer. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It's the only one in my mind. It is that just don't conflate your work colleagues for friends. 
Oh, yeah. Can I ask follow up? Or we leave it there. <laughs> also, I know it's rapid fire. So is so that's something that you want to be able to do better, like distinguishing when it's a work colleague or just keeping work at work and home at home. You know, I I feel like it's sometimes a little bit different in in the arts because mm. I don't. It just feels like things are bleeding in from one place to the other. Yeah. Luckily, that's not. You know, that piece of advice is comes from a very specific like corporate job that I had straight out mm. of university, and I'm so happy to have it. And um, <laughs> yeah, I like I I didn't have uh, like family members mm-hmm. who had had that type of work experience working in like a corporate office job uh to help me understand the politics of what Mm. was going on around me Mm. and I could feel that something was off but at the same time you know the what was being presented in my face was was very convincing and I was so Mm. conflicted because I'm like I'm feeling a lot of yucky energy Mm. but the performance was so like great acting just yes. like 10 out of 10 watch acting. out season two Aiden's yes. coming in. <laughs> fifth character yeah yeah and yeah. um I learned a very valuable lesson early in my work like my working career mm. not to you know be so like naive and you know trusting everybody because mm-hmm. I was very very much like wide-eyed young sweet excited for this job and um actually I actually had a colleague who felt so bad for me for how bad I was being played Mm. that she took me out to lunch and told me all the tea of what was being like organized behind the scenes and it was being organized by people who technically were like her work friends her friends but she was also uh I was the only like a visible like woman of color there so she, she was she's a white passing woman of color and so mm. she just felt really uncomfortable she's like you know as a woman of color seeing this happening to you is really mm. making my making me itch on the inside and I mm. can't help but to like try to share this with you and I hope you can advocate for yourself and I was like okay thank you oh god that yeah. is so hard to well to navigate what do you that's one of the main reasons that I would never go on a reality show where it's a competition is because I can't handle if somebody is lying to my face about being my friend and they're not. And I just think like, even in those situations, like, how do you know who to trust? How do you know who to actually take at face value? And uh, honestly, I think in my job situations, I almost go the other way, which also I don't think is like, I don't think my way is necessarily healthy and doesn't always I don't trust anybody. And like, I won't engage with, I'll go to work and I love having the friends at work, but like, I, I know I have a wall up immediately because I, I have such a hard time trusting people at work thinking, I don't, I don't even know why. I think it's maybe because it's a friendship made out of convenience, but that could happen in the arts and I feel differently about it. So but then, yeah, people are like, oh, you don't you don't want to hang out. You don't want to do this. And it's like, I'm just having a really hard time trusting. I don't know wh- how you choose who to trust and who to not. And then if you make a mistake, it feels like it can end up interfering in your professional life or with your paycheck or it's hard waters to navigate. I feel like the best way is get a job, get referred by a friend who you're already friends with. And then when you go mm-hmm. to the job, you know, you already have a real friend there. That's a good one. 
I mean, but that's also that's one. like how many people are able to do that? Like, that's a very like, I don't know yeah. how many people are able to, but that sucks. I'm so sorry you were in that situation. And also that that other woman was in that situation because that is so shitty for both of you. And like, ooh, on those people, on all yeah. those people. And also now look at you out here making a show. Uh, we didn't even get to talk about this, but you founded a beautiful community-based not-for-profit. Is it art and health or art plus health? I want to make sure I'm saying it right. You, you know what? We actually go by both. You can oh. say either or. Yeah. Okay. Art plus health is what I'm going to say for here. Um, <laughs> you. Where you offer so many helpful like tips and resources for supporting mental health and wellness. I'm going to link the Instagram in the description of the, of this episode. It's so wonderful. What's your current kind of favorite way of giving yourself some self-care? If you're like feeling down one day. Oh, I, well, you know what? I wasn't feeling so well yesterday. I was feeling mm -hmm. under the weather. And so my voice is kind of off today as well, mm. <laughs> but I went out for a walk and I got a new candle. And so I've had that lit all day. Mm. And that has felt really special. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like, <laughs> what does it smell like? What's the scent? I don't know. <laughs> I was I was about to sniff, but I'm yeah, yeah. easily. So yeah, I yeah. <laughs> you know what's so like kismet? I, I love lighting candles as well, but I haven't in a little bit. And behind me, I don't know if you can see, I have a candle there. And today when I was like doing some more research and whenever I just, I had this like, I don't know. I felt drawn, like, you know, I want to light this candle and it has some, like, I don't know. It has some crystals in it and I'm just, okay. I don't even know what they mean, but I'm just excited as the idea. And it I has like a, that. Oh, it's so fun. And then when you burn the candle down, it's this company where you burn the whole candle down. And then at the end you get the crystals and you can like keep them, which is so fun. Really so smart. Yeah, I know. Right. So anyway, I, I lit that today and now I'm like, well, maybe it's because some kind of telepathy was going on and I knew. We were lighting candles you know, together. I would believe that. I would absolutely believe that. <laughs> we knew it. Intuition Energy. is, use yeah. your intuition. Even with like, you know, the people you don't know whether you should trust or not, you use your intuition. Because my intuition was telling me like, it had such an icky feeling. Yeah. But I was trusting what my eyes saw. Mm. And that was like a great lesson for me. Like, it doesn't matter what you see. It doesn't matter how sweet it sounds. Like, trust your body. Your body is like, is rebuking what's in front of you. So just like, trust it. Yeah. And there's a reason that your body is feeling icky. And I was taught not to trust my gut, trusting my gut. Like my gut is an yeah. instinctual thing. And yep. me, like many other people were taught not to trust their gut. And that is an unlearning I take very seriously. Cause it's like, no, 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 no. I don't know when my gut has steered me wrong. So that's, yeah. you're absolutely right. Look how that just came around with candles randomly. God, you're good. Um, <laughs> intuition. You got to trust it. There's a reason. Yeah. Please do. And like, even as an artist, I, the way I'm able to distinguish what to work on is from intuition. It's from mm -hmm. what my body is telling me what, you know, I, I'm very spiritual. I'm, I believe in God. I, I'm very I'm Christian. Like, I believe that this was intentionally like the purpose in this being told to me or sent to me or implanted in me. And so intuition, your spirit, your relationship with your maker, however mm. you, you know, distinguish that is so powerful and it, it has not led me astray. Mm. Anytime I've been led astray, it has been me trying to rationalize a situation and use, you know, my own wits to out reason my intuition. And now I realize like, ugh, I don't need to be smart. I just need to listen. Like, <laughs> 
Oh, I love that. I don't need to be smart. I just need to listen. And yeah. listening will make you smarter in the end anyway. You know what I mean? You just yeah. gotta, yeah. Well, the way that I am, um, that I love to wrap up these episodes is I'm trying to get better at asking for what I want so people don't have to like read my mind. I love this. And so, yeah. So manifesting, putting it out in the universe, asking what you want, whatever, whatever way it, it works for you, like whatever way you want to frame it. What is something it can be professional, it can be personal, whatever you'd like that maybe someone is listening and the thing you want, they can give to you. So what is something that you would love to put out in the universe, manifest for yourself, say that you'd like to do more of, less of, need help with? Yeah, that's a great question. Oh, one of many you've asked. Today. Aiden, like, come on. I'm going to feel so good this evening. Oh my goodness. I'm going to email you tomorrow. I'll be like, I had the best sleep. I woke up feeling amazing. I trusted my gut. Bought a bagel. I did a workout. I, I did a workout. <laughs> I trusted my gut. I did a workout. Yeah. I made a coffee. I feel amazing. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so what, you know, I really enjoyed making this show and I, I had a lot of hats on it. Mm-hmm. I realized that I would love to make a show and and really live or make a make a, a show or a film and really live in the creative space more. Mm. I'd love to lean into creative producing. Mm. I enjoy producing so much. I like making decisions. <laughs> <laughs> but I realized, you know, my heart is most lit aflame when they are creative and I get to mm. stay in that place of imagination and play. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I'm looking to do more creative producing work. Mm. All right. If you're looking for a creative producer, or if you're, if you're looking to come help Aiden and take the non-creative producing stuff off of her plate, reach out. Who knows? Who knows what it will be? Aiden, thank you so much for doing this. I know like coming <laughs> in like blind, not knowing each other at all. I'm just, I feel so grateful and fortunate that you would Come on. And it's been so lovely to connect with you. And I'm a huge fan. I can't wait for season two and or whatever you do next. You are so awesome. Like you brought all the energy. You are so fun. Thank you for making one of my first like interview experiences really fun. (laughs) Oh, you're so welcome. Oh my God. That's, I mean, yeah, that fills my heart. That makes me so happy. Thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it. much for listening to this episode of the liquid courage podcast if you like what you heard and you're looking to support the show here's a few ways you can help you can leave the show a five-star rating and review on apple podcasts or you can follow the show on instagram and tiktok at liquid courage podcast or and best of all you can tell a friend about the show tell a family member tell a coworker. post about your favorite episode online spread the word that really is the best way to help support the show and help it grow did I just rhyme? Okay, until the next episode, cheers. <laughs>